This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
from the Forlorn Dopes, hosted by myself, Cyber Smiley, and Wisdom Greetings Programs. It's good to see you again this week. Again, big shout out to uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored for hosting us in this, uh, I believe, episode 12. Man, we're double digits. We are double digits. So, um, <clears throat> before we start getting into uh, the latest topics um, in the news, so I just pushed out a, a new update to my character generator um, in which you have the capability of purchasing ammos, adding options to your weapons, as well as uh, having kind of a, a magazine manager. So, you're, you would be able to... Uh, shoot unload with one magazine switch to a new uh fresh magazine and continue on firing um just to give you that some good stuff a little more crunchness but with less paperwork uh, uh there's nothing going on on the data fortress 2020 side new at this moment however our talsorian just announced that they will not be able to attend gen con this year yeah, I saw um, so that. anybody who was planning on going just to see them, be warned, will not be there. Yeah. Uh, health issues and protecting their staff come first, and I fully support their decision. Agreed. Especially at Gen Con, which I believe is notorious for the crud, con crud. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got its own disease classifications. Well... My hope is uh, the uh, RTG crew will be able to get to uh, Total Con, which is right around the corner from me, so to speak. Um, definitely had it, great times with them in past years. It would not surprise me if we see them. Well, not me, because I can't go anywhere. But if they're seen, if their presence is felt at smaller conventions, um, uh, especially more local to like the Northern California area, but uh, yeah, I, I I think they'll be coming back strong. I mean, they know what they're doing. Yep. Good God. I think all of conventions are eventually going to start <clears throat> coming back in full force. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> as people start taking this a, a little more serious than they have before. Uh, but enough of the doom and gloom of reality. No more doom and gloom. Let's go to the doom and gloom of cyberpunk. Uh, so this session... Dystopia. Yes. This session we're going to give our top three uh, supplement books that we feel that are a must. So in addition to the oh. base book, 
what other books we feel are the most important to uh, have. And, and, and we're just going to get it out of the way. Night City is off limits, the Night City source book, because that's number one on everybody's list. So other than that, this is going to be an entire episode dedicated to personal opinion. Correct. So with Night City source book, which if you don't know what it is, is a great supplement that really brings Night City alive um, with all the different factions. Not so much in the corporate world, world but it, you definitely have the street life brought to you. I mean, what is it? 30 years later, it's still one of the best city supplement guides I've ever seen in role-playing. Bard's Gate uh, comes really close. Actually, Bard's Gate, it's... it's, it's we're not going to talk about Bard's Gate. It's beautiful. If you play D&D, you should definitely check it out. But, uh, like, it was a super-funded, like, humongous budget thing. Uh, Night City did not have that back in 1990. It was purely the work of love, and that love shines through. Um, the source book itself is easily available from DriveThruRPG. Uh, you can get a physical can, uh, copy still from our Tom Sorian shop. Yeah on the Artel Saurian site. Um, the map that comes with the book, I don't think the, I don't think the books come, the physical books come with the physical map anymore, but the map is easily available uh, on Artel or on a drive through RPG as a free, you know, bit of, bit of, bit of loot. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it holds up even after all this time. Yep. So, and you can't you can't, using it in a list of top three supplements is like saying, "Well, what's your favorite movie?" Well, Star Wars. Well, no duh. Everybody's favorite movie is Star Wars. You don't get to count that. My favorite movie is Little Trouble in China, or sorry, Big Trouble in Little China. Well, now if we're gonna get into specifics, <laughs> I mean, I know. So, uh, Blade Runner is where it's at. Excalibur. Yeah, well, we already did a episode on on movies, but on movies, yeah. Let's stay focused. Yeah. So, source books. Uh, After Night City source book. My next one that I would definitely need to have at the table is uh, Wild Side. Um, That's a good one. That was gonna be one of my choices. Is one of the best books because, and, and I wish. Our Talsorian back in the day had kept that going. It kind of did for yeah. for some of the the splat books, but for me, the fixer, what they did with with Street Deal, and the and the contacts or yeah contact system was just fantastic in its approach on it's, how to address um, a special ability that really kind of was vague in the, in the, in the base yeah. book. It it took the weird, you know how I am about abstract rules, especially when it comes to like special abilities. I hate that shit. But it took that weird abstractness and codified it, and and made it something like meaty that you could sink your teeth into. And at any level of play, like there's there's three different levels, but they all work basically the same. 
um, three different levels in wild side as to how, you know, your contacts work. And, uh, it's just beautiful. Like if you're just a casual, like you could apply it to other roles. Yep. Like anything that you need, uh, uh, contacts for it's, it's your book. And like you said, man, I wish they'd kept that up doing all the, uh, doing source books for each of the roles. Um, I think I mentioned it before that med tech and techie, like they need that. Oh yes. my God. Do they need that? Um, I'm not enough of a, I, I don't have any technical know-how in my head at all. And I don't know anything about medicine. Um, but it has been a lifelong goal really to try and get something together to create that missing med tech techie source book. Uh, I just, it's, it's never come through. Uh, and I, I don't personally feel like I have the knowledge to do that justice. It's yep. That's more than just like simple research for me. And I think cyberpunk red definitely made techies and med techs more interesting with their special abilities. You know, um, I'll agree with that. So I wish they had, <laughs> had done that, but with a little more with a splat book, you know, but is what the it is. only complaint I have about Wildside is the layout of it. Um, like, there's a weird dark background on all the pages that kind of makes it hard to read. Yeah. And uh, when you're looking for, especially when you're looking for, like, specific, like, information, um, trying to find it on, like, on one of those pages, on one of the little sidebars, it's it's painful, especially if you're looking at the PDF. The PDF is almost unreadable. Yeah. Um, I agree. I mean, the layout definitely uh, could have been improved. Um, it would have been nice to also have a, a, an index because of all the juiciness that, that was in here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember trying to photocopy the fixer rules for contacts we were just talking about way back in the 90s just so I could have easy access to them. And like every time I try and photocopy them, the page would just come out almost black. Yep. And the other thing this book, for me, you know, was the presentation of the amount of roles, or, or I should say sub-roles, of the fixer. Uh, they did yeah. have two new roles that they added. Um, the only other splat book I saw that kind of had that capability was uh, Live and Direct. Um, they kind of really yeah. expanded, you know, the, your main role into here's what are, what are possible and kind of what the skill package you are you um, can have. Didn't Pack Rim have a bunch of sub roles for everything? Mm, no. They had some roles that were sub roles, but not not to the extent that Wildside had, extent of or Wildside, or live and direct. You know, Wildside. If I recall, they took all the weird stuff from like Punk Twenty One Interface too, and yeah. tried to. Yeah, it, it, it was. If you wanted to branch out, it was the book for you. Yeah. Um, the other thing I really liked was the whole. Uh, in-depth articles around identity and sin and yeah, basically how is a, a black ops team going to avoid or, or work in espionage uh, by getting fake sins, by getting 
fake IDs, you know, forging cred chips, um, and all that Having that runners stuff. hack the system yeah. so, like, your, your real information no longer exists anywhere. Yep. Um, yeah, you're right. It was a, it's a fantastic book. And then, um, that... and if you, especially if you play a fixer, it is almost indispensable because you play a, a fixer in a regular cyberpunk game is, is hard. Like it's, it's hard to differentiate between what makes a fixer a fixer and what makes a corp a corp. Um, and it, it makes that job much easier. It gives you so many more ways of looking at the role other than just, well, he's the guy who makes the deals. Yep. And then the, the, you know, the background and world stuff that they, that it brings, you know, not only for the strip that they kind of flesh out, but also getting into, section. you know, how to become global, a global fixer, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's like my number one <laughs> after night, night city source book to have. So what's your, uh, number one? My number one isn't going to come as a surprise to anybody who's ever been to my site. It's, uh, it's Neo tribes. <gasps> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. I know. Um, nomad source book. That is, that is my jam right there. Uh, I loved everything about the, the Neo tribes book. Um, from the the art in it is is some of the best i want to say overall the art in neo tribes is is in the top three of all the books that artel ever put out including red um it's all black and white but it's it's really gorgeous black and white um chris hawk about did a bunch of it uh i don't know i don't remember the other artists off the top of my head um but yeah, it's just it's just so fantastic. Um, it gave me the foundation before Neo Tribes. Like nomads were just this thing that kind of existed in the cyberpunk world for me. And I think that's the way it is for most people who play Cyberpunk twenty twenty or even Red. Is that nomads are just this thing that exists? Um, they're like lesser solos. But Neo Tribes fleshed all that out and made Nomads like uh, this super viable, interesting character concept all in and of themselves beyond more than just Mad Max clones. Like it stretched it out into like uh, roving, like it, it, it made you look at Nomads in a whole new way. Like uh, the agricultural immigration, uh, you know, people who like go and pick fruit and vegetables at farms and stuff like that. Um, people who follow the Grateful Dead around. <laughs> uh, I mean, all these are viable nomads. They they live on the road. They move from place to place. Um, and they give you a real taste into what that lifestyle is really all about. And then fleshing out the seven nomad nations plus the Rap and Shiv. Yeah, that's, that's my... I, I love that source book so much. Plus, it was written by my friend Ross Wynn, so... There we go. Yeah, I mean, it definitely brought life to the nomad and the complexity of, of nomads. Because in the book, you're like, okay, what, is, what does family mean, really? 
you know. Yeah, it doesn't give any. It just you can call on your family for backup once a month. Well, what does that actually mean? Like, yep. And, and what do Mad, Nomad really do? Uh, and I like the expansion of the whole vehicles and uh, and really becoming. Yeah. And I'm not sure if they took it from Shatterrun with uh, what they the had. And yeah. Um, just to give. Vehicles seemed like this new thing to me. I I didn't play Shadowrun at the time. Like I, I bought some of the source books for use with Cyberpunk. Um, mostly just like the Street Samurai catalog and stuff like that. So I didn't know anything about ha- at the time how how Shadowrun broke up their classes. But uh, yeah, Vehicles Zen, man, that that spoke to me. That that made them unique. That made them. Like I said, different and viable with a backstory that nobody else gets. Yeah, and I think the concept of, you know, a driver was always put on the Nomad prior to this book, but actually showing it and giving it, giving that role, the role (laughs) of, you know, you are the vehicle guy, you know, was I think great. 2077. So much of Neo Tribes comes through. Like I, I hope, I hope they consulted with Ross. I don't. He never said anything about them doing that. But like, man, like so much of the way the nomads are portrayed in that in that game comes straight from that book. It's not even funny. Including the family you belong to, the Aldecaldo. That's that all uh, comes down to that book. Yep. And the other thing I liked about it was the the gear that you got you know it was back to basic simple gear uh a variety of vehicles that you know you definitely want to have for the open road Um, yeah i mean it came before max metal uh but it gave you the vehicle i don't know man you you just have to read the book it's good good shit um I mentioned Max Metal. Uh, I'm not going to list any of the. I'm not going to list the Chromebooks, Blackhand Street Weapons, or Max Metal. None of the gear catalogs because they're their own thing. They're not really source books. They're. I mean, there's there's splat in them, but for the most part, they're just they're just gear porn. And while I love gear porn, that's a completely separate discussion to what we're having now in my. All right. So I'm going to take off my Black Hands <laughs> Street Weapons, which was <laughs> another essential book on my, on my list. But, um, yeah, so... Movie- I mean, now they're putting out Chromebook 1 through 4 as one book, so... Oh, really? I, I know they were doing it like Chromebook 1, one 2, two and Chromebook 3, 4. Yep. But now I think they're trying to put it out. I, I, I was positive I saw something about this on RP on DriveThru. Just one, two, three, four. Um, so my other book that, outside of the the gear books that I would definitely have at my table, and I know it's not <laughs> not a community favorite, would be uh, Bart Moses' Guide to the Net. Um, I've, I love that book. I don't know why it's not a community favorite, but... Well, the whole net running, right? And, and that whole system has always been kind of frowned upon um, by the community, but I've always loved 
the net running rules. I mean, it was the rules that were frowned upon, and and guide to the net wasn't about the rules. Guide to the net's just True. pure splat. Like True. It, it gives you a, a, an actual glimpse as to how the net works, um, which doesn't. I mean, it doesn't resemble anything like what you know what we understand the internet to be today. But for something that was written before the internet really took off, like when people were still using uh, dial-up, not even dial-up, like, uh, oh, what was it? Used dial-up. Well, there was Usenet, there was dial-up at the time, because you had BBSs. Uh, yeah, BBSs, that's the word I was trying to think of. The World Wide Web came out, well, officially came out in the 90s, in ninety. Um, and didn't really take off. Well, it didn't really go public didn't really take off until, until Windows ninety five. Yeah, Windows ninety five when I, 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 that came out. Yeah, um, when there was an act, when they actually provided like a browser and all that. Before that, I mean, hell, even Windows ninety five was dial up, like fucking kill the robot. Yep. Um. Yeah, but for me, yeah, uh, the the guide to the net, going into the net, how it works, how each region kind of is, and and giving its own flavor, um, I really liked. And the other thing that I kind of like was, and granted, it was never really used by any of the referees I've played with, uh, was the micro nets, right, and just hacking into someone's cyberware, which. You know, yeah. watching Ghost in the Shell and seeing yeah. what the general would do or the major would do was just, you know, you know. You're gonna get angry letters about that one. <laughs> the general, man. I, don't know. I mean, it gave it, it gave a look to the internet of the cyberpunk world that nothing had before. Before that, everybody was just, well, oh, we watch Lawnmower Man. I guess that's what it's supposed to look like. And uh, yeah, it opened that up. I love the micro nets. I uh, really, I'm just a huge fan of lore. Even if it's not lore I use in my games, the more the more information you can give me about a world, the better I'm going to be able to visualize it myself. Yeah. Um, the art, <laughs> the art is some weird early computer graphics stuff. Um, back then it seemed kind of revolutionary and like wow that's pretty good stuff um now you kind of look at it and like holy shit what am i looking at but it holds up yep. as, 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 a, as a glimpse into the past as a glimpse into the future through the lens of the past it holds up um yeah Okay. Is there anything more you want to say about it? No. Um, I also, well, the other thing I liked was at the end when they did Bartmoses and uh, Spiders and just going beyond what was published was interesting. Because yeah. I think some people are like, what? You're not staying within the rules. And it's like, well, kind of are <laughs> you know it's it's advanced tech and in the rules that you know rules are meant to be broken yeah and there's 
it only says that it's max for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you looked at Morgan Blackhand's stats? Yeah. If you have, then Rage Barmosis should not surprise you in the slightest. So what's your second book? Um, just to follow up really quick, there was a follow-up to Rage Barmosis called The Brainware Blowout. Yep. And half of the book is a splat book, but the other half of the book um, gives even more detail to the net, plus it gives alternate rules for running a Netrunner, which solved, for me anyway, a lot of the problems with running a Netrunner. In fact, it uh, back then, it was it was released at the same time that Wizards of the Coast had acquired the Netrunner trademark and made their Netrunner trading card game. And they gave rules for using that trading card game as the Netrunning rules which was so beautiful and so elegant and really I wish more companies would do stuff like that oh my, my god um, the only problem was is then you had to track down the cards you had to invest a whole new thing um, which back then they weren't expensive but they were collectible so getting the rare ones uh, was difficult right um but the beauty of it was is but you could both play it as a separate game on the side while you're running the actual game or if it was just something small and simple you and you trusted your player you could have them just sit there and run themselves on their little simple run just to to have something to do it, it made net running a a fun and viable class for a while the only problem was is so at that point net runners had become such a stigma that nobody wanted to play them so we used and so infrequently that every time we did, we'd have to relearn the rules. Yeah, and I've, I've often viewed that book, the the blowout, um, kind of falls in line with the other gear books, you know, because the majority of that book was programs and new decks and new equipment for for yeah, your decks. Uh, you're you're right. I, I, I it's, yeah, it's 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 more of a splat book than anything else. But yep. Therefore, I broke the rules. I apologize. But my actual second favorite book, uh, and this is, I thought long and hard about it. Um, and I'm going to go with Rough Guide to the Pacific Rim. Okay. I love, I love location books. It's it's a it's a real tie between Home of the Brave and Pacific Rim, and I went with Pacific Rim because, in addition to detailing all the Asian countries, uh, well, everything in the Pacific Rim, including Australia and New Zealand, um, in addition to giving you know a brief update as to what is happening in those countries, it also gave us the expanded martial arts rules, and uh, which some people. <laughs> view as uh, a little OP. Some people view them as OP. Um, I'm not one of those people, obviously. Uh, I had I had problems with the martial arts. Um, that I, I, I fixed even before Interlock Unlimited. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, like the, the system, like... The difficulty modifier and, like, the bonuses the martial art gave you 
in in both the original source book and in Pacific Rim, like they didn't add up, they didn't match. Uh, so I created, I, I redid the martial arts, plus added a shitload of them, uh, so that they would. I created like a, an internal formula in my head as to like this many points get you this difficulty modifier, blah blah blah. Um, but it gave you, it gave us the format and the table. I mean, if you're going to break down martial arts into attacks and 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 blocks and all that, then it, it's the one that to use. It it include it adds strike and ram. Um, we've talked before about my opinion on uh, weapons and martial arts and like melee and separating melee and fencing and martial arts and brawl is is really kind of weird and redundant. Like, I, I've never understood the, the theory behind, like, why melee is separate from from fencing. Like, are you telling me that really that using a sword is so specialized that it takes its own brand of training, but if you just generally train in melee, you can use anything from a baseball bat to a three-sectional staff with equal ease and, and brilliance. Um... Yeah, the the other key attack that I think they presented with Pacific Rim that wasn't in the base book was also disarm, which I'm yeah. surprised did not ha was not in the original book because uh, we had, my game actually we ran into that last week where um, <clears throat> one of the team members was trying to disarm somebody, and I basically only had the the base book in front of me. And I tried to look up, you know, okay, what's for that <clears throat> form of martial arts? What's the modifier? And yeah, disarm is not a key key ability within martial arts in the base book, which I was very surprised with. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, a lot of people take a hard line on one one style on one set of the other. Like they'll either like Cyberpunk twenty twenty rules, nothing, no no deviation from that for the martial arts and other people like myself prefer the expanded pack rim ones um and i think for the most part it, it comes down to those differences like disarm is important like that's a that's a valid skill um the fact that every every martial arts school every dojo every salon i've ever been into that, that teaches martial arts with the exception of some very like basics mall type fucking situations, they're also gonna teach, you know, weapons. Um, I've never been in a kung fu studio that didn't have you know weapons training as well. I've just it's never happened for me. Right. Um, sure. There are schools that exclusively teach like fencing. That's true. You can go kendo or, or kenpo, or you can do uh, classic European fencing. But even still, I mean, unless it's just for like Olympic style bullshit, they're going to teach you basic hand to hand combat as well. Right. Um, the other thing that Pac Rim did. So, for those who aren't in the know, there were two 
additional books, source books, basically all alternative universe books, which was Hardwired and When Gravity Fails. Um, those two books were based off of uh, other novels um, by their same same title. <laughs> yeah. um, but in those source books that were specifically for those universes, they had introduced a bunch of new roles. And Pac-Rim actually kind of legitimized those roles within, I would say, in, into the Cyberpunk 2020, right? Because yeah, because the rules in Hardwired and Gr When Gravity Fails aren't really... Like, they were written in between 2013 and 2020, and they're not really all that compatible with either. Um, like, especially when you get into, like, the weapons and stuff. Like, the basic, the basic mechanics of, for how stuff works, it stays the same through all the books. But, like, the weapons in, in like, in hard Hardwired are... Just do crazy amounts of damage. We're talking like thirteen die six for a rifle and shit. Yep. Um, and then the s cybernetics for when gravity falls fails um, were a little different as well because yeah. they didn't really have a, a neuro processor. They had uh, was it the mode mods? Yeah, the moddies and daddies. Yeah, moddies and daddies. I mean, it, it, like Effinger had a really cool way of looking at cybernetics and defining cyberpunk for himself. In fact, Effinger, and who wrote the novel When Gravity Fails in the whole series, uh, he and the Artel Saurian crew are actually really good friends, from what I understand. Like, especially he and uh, he and Mike, but um, which is how they got him to actually write the source book itself. Yep. Uh, and Walt, uh, Walt Williams? Walter Mosley. Is it Malt Mosley for no, Hardwire? It's, it's, I thought it was Williams. It's Williams, you're right. Yeah. It's Williams. <clears throat> he actually did playtesting with, um, I think, Cyberpunk 2013 and, and that source book as well. And, of course, yeah, his I source mean, book of Hardwire. Mike's... Uh, Mike and crew have the credentials with the sci-fi, like, literary community, like... Um, you can point to you can point to Shadowrun, you can point to even GURP Cyberpunk, but like Mike and crew were hanging out with the real deal like creators of the genre. Yep. Um So that's a beautiful thing. Uh but yeah. I, I really like the information put forth in Pac-Rim. A lot of people think uh, a lot of people don't want to agree with the direction they went, and that's cool. I don't agree with everything that, uh, like, um, splat-wise that they laid out in Pac-Rim. Yeah. Um, I don't agree with half of the stuff in Eurosource, or uh, or even Home of the Brave, for that matter. Like some of the some of the places in the United States that they detail. Like I'm all like, that's not what I want to happen there. Um. <laughs> Or if this happens, then that really just kind of throws everything into blah, blah. So we're going to ignore that and, and go with this other idea. Look on the basis yeah. for such a great world. Right. Yeah, so so that's our that was your second book. So my 
third book. And again, running low because there was some other books that we kind of uh, said these are off limits. Um, I would say the next book that I would definitely love to have would be Deep Space. Just because how it was written and how detailed they got into space it's uh, from an environment. Fantastic. And the things that can kill you in space <laughs> are plenty. Um, and then it just going into what life is like there, right? With, with the various, um, I would have loved to see more detail. <laughs> Into yes. into a lot of the space stations, um, the high rider culture itself. Yeah. I mean, there's just su it's such a rich role playing environment, um, and it it really is what it's all you really need to play a good like. Ignoring the faster than light travel of a show like The Expanse. If you want to play a game where you know you're playing spacers, this is this is the supplement for you. If you want to play a game that reminds you of the old Sean Connery movie Outland, or you know the original Aliens without the alien, although you always add an alien in on your own. That's that's your business, not mine, buddy. Uh, like it, it it lays the groundwork to do all that in a, in a fairly realistic and consistent manner um it even lays the basis for like uh world colonization like in the in we haven't done it yet so far although we have put a base on the moon um we've got people traveling to mars in the in deep space well the mars station is supposed to be operational in 2023 i believe is when they complete construction there which, of course, it, it, falls in line with uh, when the fourth corporate war really starts yeah. getting I, crazy. Me, I, I could have this wrong, but I want to say Deep Space is the most far, far-fetched or far in the future of all the Cyberpunk 2020 supplements in that it takes place, I want to say, in 20, 2025 or 2027. I think the scenario starts in 2025 or at least they have a history up until 2025 yeah which of course it, now it is, is alternative yeah. history uh and since the corporate war i mean it all depends on whether you <laughs> corporate war i don't do it uh it's another i'm not going on that rant tonight um yeah deep space is fantastic uh that was another one that i debated heavily on whether to include so i'm glad you did um i love the whole idea of the high rider culture i wish i wish they'd given us a better like the idea of the crystal palace being this resort in space um like this combination research facility and like five star resort hotel amusement park casino 
just in geosynchronous orbit just is is awesome to me um there were a couple of times when i was running high level espionage campaigns where it culminated with a trip to crystal palace which was difficult because they don't give a they don't give a whole lot of actual detail on the facility i love seeing it at the end of the video game um but i found uh Oh, about t 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I found a uh, an adventure module on our on drive through RPG. I cannot for the life of me remember what it was called, but it actually gives like a layout of a tourist ring type uh, satellite that I used as the as the blueprints for Crystal Palace in my game. Um, well, I know someone I want to say maybe last year or earlier this year, um, they did a pretty good uh, kind of diagram of Crystal Palace in Ooh, which they I had the tourists. Yeah, they, they rendered it in uh, 3D. I'm trying to remember huh. what site that was. Yeah, find that out. I would very yeah. much like to see that. Yeah, they were basically... <clears throat> I believe they're... they're they might still be trying to create maps for Cyberpunk Red. Uh, but yeah, they, they published that out. Yeah, I have Deep Space open in front of me, and I'm like looking through it, and I'm like... They kind of give a diagram of what Crystal Palace kind of looks like, um, at least from a side view, and a bit of the top view, but yeah, I would rather see like a isometric... Um, the other cool thing in, in Deep Space is they also have layouts for various stations like work shacks and research stations, battle stations, battle satellites. Yeah. Um, and then looking at these and thinking back to 2077 when if you ever, if for those who've completed the game, uh, when you're doing the Arasaka endings... Uh, just remembering how that layout looked and seeing how these compartments kind of synced into each other kind of gives me an outside look at what these facilities kind of really look like. For anybody who's interested, the uh, supplement I was talking about was for uh, was called Argos 3 Deep Spaceport. Um, it basically is just a big satellite uh, station um, for future armada uh, and it was put out by uh, Ryan Wolf you can probably still find it on um, drive through RPG if you're interested in running a space campaign uh, yep. just to give proper credit writerscthulhu.com that's the one who has the uh map let me uh i'll post that into chat writers of cthulhu well i'm gonna have to yeah that sounds kick ass oh look at you with the link right there yeah i love that oh my god yeah they have a lot of uh maps oh that's getting bookmarked 
Oh my god. Spruce maps for... Yeah, look under their handouts and under uh, handouts and maps and then just go to Cyberpunk. <clears throat> and you'll see they got quite a few. Ooh, they have a... Downloading I, that as we speak. As a side tangent, I haven't been to their site in a while. I only saw their, their original 3D map, but they have a, a SIN card mock-up. Ooh, really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Man, I am impressed. You guys are awesome. Well, there you go, Riders of Cthulhu. You got some free press from us. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, my third book. Um, I would say just based on how often I reference it. You know, I'm going to go ahead and go with Home of the Brave. I, I was thinking about a different book, but Home of the Brave, it details America. It shows us what the world beyond Night City looks like. It is the perfect supplement. Um, like, it goes hand in hand with Neo Tribes. It's it details it doesn't go into a whole lot of detail but it gives the general state of the u.s military and its four branches in the in 2020 it's it's not quite as detailed as night city but it's got 50 states that it has to cover and it covers them all in in some manner of detail or another and uh if you run any kind of game outside of night city it's it's almost invaluable to you Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, I, that's my fourth thing. I definitely like some of the flair that they have, um, the history and why America collapsed, how it collapsed, uh, and just yeah, some of the statistics of, the, of it all. Some of the weird uh, things that happened in the timeline that you're all like, well, how did that actually occur? What the hell is a lawyer purge? And, and how did we let that happen? It gives detail on and like with all the splat, like some of it you might not agree with, some of it you might not use in your game, but it 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 ties it all together, and it does a really good job of doing so. Yeah, and just um, how the the state of the government really is, I, I would like to have seen a little more expansion of why corporates. And again, you know, we kind of hand wave it, but give a definite answer of how a megacorp is able to get away with what they get away with, you know? Um, and what is the relationship? Man, that seemed like such science fiction back then. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what is the, the relationship between a corp and a government? Yeah, we kind of can pull real, real world now on how it kind of works. But to have the corporation take that extra step and become its own nations right and its own sovereignty um really like what, what is that detail so if i kill somebody on corporate property is it again you know is it a state or corporate property yeah. and is it a corporate government like, that happens bust me can they actually like enforce a law can they send me to prison blah 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 right like, how does that work what i really liked was that it 
it tried to detail like what it actually meant to be a free state in in the u.s mm-hmm. in the time of 2020 uh, because that always seemed really confusing like we know that like the u.s military has bases in the free state of northern california how does that work and it it, it goes it it goes into that um basically what a free state means in 2020 is that they're not paying uh they still have to main they still have to allow military and all that they still have to follow the federal jurisdiction but they don't have to pay taxes and they don't get to they don't get to either they don't have to pay into the relief fund like the national disaster and all that and they don't get to claim it either which predictably like it, it kind of like there's more to it than that obviously but predictably that's why some states who have been pushing for this the longest ended up screwing themselves completely like it's a like what happens to texas is a pretty realistic view of what would actually happen to texas if they if they seceded from the u.s basically they fall to shit (laughs) all right so that's our top three now we can start going into um honorable mentions yeah i would say we can get into honorable mentions uh, so I've kind of categorized the books into kind of uh, four or five different categories, right? I do the same thing. <clears throat> so the one category is gear books, right? Which includes the Chromebooks, Black Hands, Brain Blowout, Maximum Metal. You have the Splat books, right? Which are centered around... Uh, there's rolls. two different kinds of splat books. There is, uh, there are roll splat books like Solo of Fortune, Rocker Boy, Wild Side, and then there are geographical splat books. Yep. Which um, Eurosource, Rough Guide. Yeah. Um, Home of the Free. I would even throw in, yeah, the Home of the Free. That's that's where I put well, uh, Land of the Free. Man. Gravity fails. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the, so Hardwire and When Gravity Fails kind of, for me, are kind of supplementary alternative worlds. Sure. Um, and then. I actually keep them in the same area that I keep all the uh, Ionis and uh, oh, the other company. Atlas, the, the, yeah, and Atlas games, the the third party stuff. Um, and then yeah, and then you have the scenarios, right, which includes the Firestorm series, Edge Runners, Tales from the yep. Far on Hope, Land of the Free, and Euro Tour. Uh, Edge Runners to me falls into the role category because it's really just a, a big book of NPCs. Mm-mm. Half of it's NPCs, half of it's gigs and scenarios, stream sheets. Sure. So that's why I consider it more way. Yeah. more of a, a scenario versus, yeah, it's kind of, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird blend. Splat for the sake of splat. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah, and then the role books are Live and Direct, uh, Protect and Serve, Solo 1 and 2, and Rocker Boy. Um, I can tell you my least favorite book out of all of the books is probably Rocker Boy. Um, It does give nice background on the entertainment, but 
I, I don't know. I just never really. I think because it's I, so I small. Boy. Um, but here's the problem. Unlike uh, Near Orbit, which got updated for Deep Space, Rocker Boy never got updated. So it's still this weird 2013 thing with like 2013 art and like a 2013 layout but i dig it i like the fact that it's it's set up like a magazine it's the same type of thing as a solo of fortune um i like i like the alternative looks at what it is to actually be a rocker boy um beyond just you know a bon jovi clone on the stage do every now and then screams about something political uh like the tagline hitler was a rocker boy has always it, it, it's always stuck with me in trying to define like what that role is it's um it's not really a musician or an entertainer so much as it is you know a political activist yeah i think the reason why is it was very lean on adding to the game right so it did I'll introduce that there wasn't it kind of brought brain dance into the system, which was nice and, and kind of gave you little bits of gear, but compared to like solo, solo fortune, right? So solo fortune, not only did you have the various equipment, guns, cyberware, you also were given new types of roles that you could apply. NPCs, so it kind of fleshed out gangers, chromers versus dorfers versus, you know, all those. What's a Euro solo stats versus a Mossad? And also gear to kind of help a solo along. Whereas Rocker Boy was kind of like, this is what it means to be a Rocker Boy, and we're not going to give you really <laughs> any new equipment <laughs> or what you need in the future to become a good rocker, right? What amp, do you need an amp? Do you not need an amp? Do you, can you, you know, I mean, this a is soundboard? Sound weird. Um, because I am obviously a proponent of having like 50 different types of gun, uh, of nine millimeter handgun. I, I'm all about that. But how many different ways could you write up a guitar without like knowing anything about guitars? True. Um, so I think that's like the gear wise, I don't know. They could have given rules for like how to actually apply, play instruments and like how to, how to run a concert scenario or something like that. I'm with you on that. That there was, there was definitely further that they could have taken the book that they just, I love fluff, but you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta, cut back the fluff and include some meat yep. meat so that's my I will not need in at my game table um, it's, I, it's not my least favorite but honorable, I can see why it's yours yeah. honorable mention I think would be the, the solo of fortunes I love the solo of fortunes yeah they were definitely great books um, added to and again I think it, it all depends on your game style so I've always kind of run Black Optine kind of street 
edge running samurai type of game so i don't often I mean, get it's, into it's easy stuff to add to a campaign like you can look at at guns and vehicles and 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 gear like that and just instantly know what to do with it yep and i like their bit about <clears throat> you know what kind of conflicts are in the world um i like and, that too and the fluff that they brought i mean they definitely centered a lot with <laughs> with russia I wish they did a little more on like South America and you know Africa, yeah. um, and getting. I mean, of... that's why I took it upon myself to write conflict Africa and conflict South America, is because man, there just was no detail on those places at all, except for these scant references of you know we're fighting a war there, but nobody knows what's actually going. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I kind of. Um, I guess we'll, we'll blame our Talsorian is, you know, for me, South America played a very big part in the history of cyberpunk. Yeah. Uh, because of the South Am Wars. I mean, the long walk itself was just such a cool fucking concept that I feel like... I mean, I, I fleshed it out a little bit more personally uh, with... Uh, my site, but man, I really wanted to see more official material about it. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and we got really nothing about South America at all. Like when I was researching meticulously through the books, like it was just like mouse crumbs of information on South America. And what it had been like what had happened to it and what was going on there now like it, it was difficult finding that information but overall i mean the solo fortune books were much better than mere like gun porn splat yep um i liked i liked the section detailing the different kinds of solos like the difference between like a Euro solo and like a, a mercenary or like a bodyguard and like a corporate assassin. Like these, these guys operate in vastly different manners and it's important to, to kind of get a grasp of that. And also with solo two, the introduction of like Borg weapons. Yeah. Um, Granted, you know, Solo 1 and, and the Facebook didn't really have the concept of a full Borg at that time. Uh, but when... they still gave us some big-ass guns. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I would say the next kind of splat book I would definitely want to have uh, on my... in available, right quickly available is probably protect and serve that was um, going to be my like my honorable mention right there yeah protect and serve i have referenced that book so many damn times i don't agree with a lot of what's in it um i think the idea of just regular uh, regular patrol cars being armed is kind of is kind of weird and silly to me um I get that that's the feeling that they were going for, but that's not the feeling I wanted in my personal games. 
Like if Robocop's car doesn't have a minigun attached to it, then I don't I don't see why Officer Schmucks would. But as a whole, detailing like how a police station works, how how the different divisions inside a police force like work and communicate with each other. Uh, um, it was the first role playing supplement that I ever saw that went into detail about any of that. Um, at some point later, GURPS released their own cop source book. Uh, but man, I have referenced protect and serve so many times and, um, it's just a great book. Yep. Uh, however, at the same time, and I apologize, this is going to sound really harsh, but of all the official cyberpunk books, it has, it has the worst art. Like just, it, it doesn't, it's not that the art is necessarily bad. It just does not fit with the rest of the books. Um, it's very, very simple, very crude lines. Um, it's hit or miss. There's, yeah, it just some pieces are good. Some pieces are like, ew. Um, because as we talk, I have all the books like opened off to the side in PDF format. But like, yeah, there, there's I mean, definitely. I love the concept of running cops in cyberpunk. Um, after Nomads, it is the it is the probably the area I've got the second most um, experience running as a GM, uh, I, either as cops or as detectives, because just private eyes. Um, like one of my first articles and one of my most frequently updated articles for Data Fortress is obviously my NCPD. Uh, and I try and have the books have that operate in concert with the books. Um, obviously, I've gone in some different directions on stuff, but as a whole, I like to think they're fairly compatible. Yeah. The other thing I liked about um, Protect and Serve was that they statted out pretty much a lot of NPCs that, as, as a edge runner you would run into, whether it's a corporate hitter, yeah. a beat cop, uh, you know. They they had an entire section of, like, just story ideas. Yep. Um, and it's all brilliant stuff. Like, none of it was bad. Uh, even some of the more goofy stuff was still completely viable in your standard cyberpunk game. Um It's. I recommend it. Um, it. It could have used an update too. I, w I wouldn't have minded seeing a, an update to protect and serve. If anything, just to update the art. Um, well, <clears throat> one of the art pieces in the book actually uh, gave me my handle. Really? Yeah, on page uh, nineteen. In the background with some me, of the graffiti. Let me look that up here really quick. Because now you got me curious. Granted, I misspelled on purpose. I always knew your name sounded familiar. 
And like page 19, that artwork is decent. <laughs> it's not the best I mean, artwork in the, the books. The cover's fantastic. Um, Bill Aiken did the cover. But yeah, there are certain uh, certain pieces of art in this book that... Ugh. I mean, and yeah, like not all the art is bad. Like some of the art is very good. Like all the stuff at the start. Um, I like the story, the the fiction they wrote. I, I love it when Artel does that. Um, I wish they credit the pieces with the artist's name, so I knew who was doing what. Uh, nineteen, you said. Page nineteen, yeah. Um, blah, blah. Yeah, I love that piece of artwork right there. That is fantastic. That is that is perfect cyberpunk cop shit right there. You are right. And the follow up on page twenty is pretty good. It's really it's not. I guess it's not until we get to like the gear section that the art starts turning. Yeah. Um. Hell, the the MaxTac cop that it shows on page 26 is utterly fantastic. Like, he reminds me of, uh, oh, the big macho cop from Dominion Tank Police. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I always thought that he was hilarious. Yeah, no, I was wrong. I was mistaken. The art doesn't start getting weird. Until the scenarios have a couple bad ones, and right before it gets into the scenarios. Yeah, once you get to, like, page 43, the art starts looking really... Just, it doesn't hold up to the rest of the stuff that's going on. Well, artists might have been on a timetable and was like, okay, I'm going to crack these out. They're not going to be <laughs> the best work I've ever done, but... The guns look so goofy. Like, I know that's a weird thing to complain about but they just yeah they're goofy looking like the magazines for the guns like expand from like a small part where you know it fits into the magazine well to oh. the base of the magazine which is like twice as big on all these they look like 50s ray guns yeah yeah like uh i would say the art from you definitely see a good piece of art on uh 50 through through the following pages on like gun barrels um yeah, i don't know it if it changes radically i don't know if it was supposed to be a s silencer or they're trying to make a futuristic gun but yeah they they look like they're ray guns uh drawn from you know an earlier era bad. like the first half of the book the art's really good the second half of the book, it's just not. It uh, it reminds me of like just the style itself, not the actual images. But it reminds me of uh, like the kind of thing you'd see in the back of comic books advertising stuff, like just the really poorly drawn illustrations that were advertising, like weight loss supplements and and sporting equipment and shit like that back in the 80s and 70s and 80s yep so 
I hate to be talking shit about any <laughs> artist because God knows they're better than I am, but just as a consistency thing, it, it, it the change is jarring. So, I guess uh, got a few more minutes. Um, since we kind of classified some of these books, so from a gear point of view, what gear book do you have to have at your table? All of them. Wow. I gotta have all those gear books. Nope, you only get one. I only get one. Yep. I only get one. Um, if I can only have one, can I cheat? How and you use mean? one of the combined books? No. Either use Chrome 1, Chrome 2, Chrome 3, that's, Chrome 4. That's not fair. You, you I, could I, I, use Black Hands. I'll give you that. Um, put the brain Black Hands out and, would not be one of the books. It, it just yep. would not. And then Max Metal. Uh, I, oh man, it is such a toss-up between Chrome 2 and Max Metal that I can tell you right now, Chrome Two for me. Um, I, I, I think I, I think in the end I'd have to pick Chrome Two. Yeah, because to me, Chrome Two, Chrome One, awesome art in. Um, three and four definitely had great art in. Chrome Two, not great art, but awesome content. I love the art in Chrome Two. Um, um, I prefer the art in Chrome Two to the art in Chrome One for the most part. And that's not to say I don't love the art in Chrome 1. I obviously do. I fucking love that art. Um, hell, that art is one of the reasons I got into the game so hard. It's because the first guys I played with had they had the source book and they had Chrome. And like the look of Chrome just sucked me in. Like, this is just like Bubblegum Crisis. Holy shit, I'm into this. I'm in. You've sold me. But Chrome 2... Expanded cybernetics. I mean, I hate to, I hate to sound like that guy, but it gave us rules for full conversion, so we could play Ghost in the Shell, yep. or we could be Bateau, or we could be Robocop. Um, and it it did it on a scale. Like you could either be the super military like fucking death machine, or you can just be like you know humanoid like uh, Motoko Kusanagi with the Gemini. Um. And I think the other thing that, or I don't think, I know, the other thing that Chrome 2 brought was a real um, diversity of gear, right? So yeah. it not only brought in electronics, weapons, uh, but it also got into cyber cyber uh, decks. It got into the rocker boy it, stuff, it was, right? So there was gear for the rockers. It, it, to me, it had gear for everyone. It was the best of the Chromebooks, and as such, that means it's the best of the Splat books. Um, Max Metal, it, it comes in so close, they're almost tied, though, because it gives us everything we need to not only run military vehicles, but create our own vehicles. Plus, it gave us power armor, which I'm a fan of Bubblegum Crisis. I'm a fan of Apple Seed. I love the idea of powered armor. I love that. I, I created my own powered armor in Cyberpunk 2020. Like in that very first six months of playing, I was like, holy shit, 
I'm gonna basically it was just Metal Gear that somehow magically gave you stab, like small bonuses to your stats. Yeah, with so with Max Metal, I just never. I mean, I like that you could design your own vehicles, but I've never really had to use it within a game. And power armor, I love the power armor, but I've never really used it in a game. Um, I, you know, I can I can say after after thirty years of of running the game, there was only ever really a couple of campaigns where powered armor was something that like a couple of military campaigns, a couple of cop campaigns, and one espionage campaign. And even when the even when the players had access to it, it was it, they, it didn't get used very much because it's kind of a pain in the ass to use. You, it it kind of has to be very mission specific. You can't just walk around in powered armor. Yep. Um, but the vehicle creation rules and the vehicle the enhanced vehicle combat rules. That's great stuff. And when they updated it with the Firestorm books, that alone made the Firestorm books worth owning. Right. Yeah, the other the other reason why I love Chrome 2 is because it gave, to me, the best weapon in the game um, made an appearance there, and that's the Volt Pistol. Um, if, Everybody's got their favorite weird, quirky little weapon. If you don't know what the Volt Pistol is, look it up. It is, to me... It's fun the best gun bypasses armor you know does half real half stun which is fine but it also can basically short out all your cyberware if you're not grounded as a player every one of my characters that I've ever created has been so radically different that almost none of their gear is the same so I can't pick a consistently favorite weapon but if we're going to go with favorite quirky weapons my favorites are the uh, the bioscari motion restraints i freaking love those things <laughs> really they're like blue balls yeah dude they're they're so versatile um basically they just like super hyper expanding uh, balls of goo that like entomb the person you're hitting it's like hitting them with the uh I always envisioned it as after it hardens, after it explodes and instantly hardens, that it looks like the 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 resin stuff from Alien and mm-hmm. Aliens that had the people all like locked up on the wall and shit. That's how I always envisioned it. Um, my favorite trick to with the motion restraints. My favorite trick in the book is anytime we're getting my character who used it was getting attacked by people on motorcycles, he would huck one of those things at their wheels. Nice. Um, so not only would it explode and at the same time like like stick them to the bike, but it also would freeze up that front wheel so they'd go flying head over heels and every time they hit the ground they'd have the bike on top. of It, it was awesome. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think we covered quite a few of the books. Um, so the ones that I don't think we really got into were scenario books. No, uh, it's it's hard to judge those objectively. Uh, or, or, I mean, 
I, I don't tend to use a lot of pre-made adventures when I run games. I mean, I've run, I've run uh, Land of the Free a couple of times just because it's such a brilliantly written and executed like mega campaign that uh, I like anytime I get a really good group going together, eventually I'll try and run them on that just so they can experience it. Right. Um, obviously, I love Tales from the Forlorn Hope. Uh, I treat that more as like a setting supplement than an actual um, scenario book even though the scenarios in it are good and they reference all my favorite things. Hell, there's an entirely, there's, there's an entire scenario in that book that basically is a ripoff of the dirty pair. Uh, no, they're all rip off. They're all homages to something. Yep. But, uh, yeah, for me, yeah. the main books I've always used are like the, uh, firestorm, um, because of the timetables, Oftentimes, okay. it's kind of either either Firestorm is happening in the background for the players. So there's always that <clears throat> intrusion of what's going on with that whole debacle of the fourth corporate war. Or I've run games in which the players have been part of the, the, the teams, and, and whether it's Militech or Arasaka... And, and fighting the corporate war and doing those type of missions. Um, so for me, out of all of them, I would say Firestorm is probably my go-to for scenarios because it, it's hmm. it gives enough background to having something in the background that's happening that gives the world a little more yeah, I know what you're doing in this little part of the world, but there are bigger things going on that kind of uh, are happening that you are not aware... Well, you are slowly becoming aware of, and things are going to be... Things trickle down because of that towards you, whether it's scarcity of weapons, scarcity of resources, etc., as that war heats up. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, you know me. I don't. I, I ignored the events of the Firestorm books. I treat them more like gear books than anything else. Um, so the adventure, I've used some of the plot points from it, or, or, or yeah, like uh, especially from the first book, the whole. whole uh, I liked the idea of the characters getting caught in this corporate submarine conflict. Uh, it was very low-key. Um, but it didn't... In my game, it never escalated into the fourth corporate war. It was just standard corporate bullshit. Right. Uh, what, um, what about the corporate books? You got any favorites out of the, those three? I mean, I, I love that they gave us detail into the books or into the corporations. Um, 
some of the corporation choices they picked that I didn't understand really. Um, just because they didn't at the time I was reading, they didn't really seem all that inter- interesting to me. Uh, and now looking back, they're they're pretty cool. They're all good, but uh, it was definitely the detailings of Arasaka and Militech that got the most attention from me. Yep. Yeah, I mean, for me, the two, yeah, so so whether it's the Arasaka and IEC, um, again, kind of IEC was introduced with that corporate book. I mean, I would have liked to have seen yeah. either EBM or, yeah. One of the one of the other ones that were listed in in the main book. Um, I would and, have liked to have seen some detail into one of the major cybernetics corporations. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to see in one of those books. Yeah, I definitely wanted to see uh, Biotechnica or um, yeah. Raven Microset. Yeah, as opposed to IEC or. Uh, the petrochem versus soviet petrochem, union or yeah, soviet oil which was, was kind of nice it showed you two megacorps that have the same genre or the same portfolio and how sure, they're warring against each other way, then arasaka and militech should have been the same book yeah i agree and then do like biotechnica versus one of the the other Bioware or, yeah. or cybernetic corporation. Raven versus Kuroshi. Yep. Um, so outside of um, our Talsorian books, so there was two companies, for those who aren't in the know, that gained licenses from our Talsorian to write supplements for Cyberpunk 2020. Uh, one of them was Ianus, who later became Dreepod 9. Uh, that company uh, produced a alternative world in which they introduced kind of uh, horror elements and supernatural elements into yeah. their world. Uh, so those books were kind of geared towards more uh, paranormal cyberpunk than true cyberpunk. And then you had Atlas Games that didn't write any source books. They just wrote uh, scenarios. But their um, scenarios, damn good. Yeah, I agree. So if you're looking for good scenarios, definitely check out Atlas. I believe they have some of them out on uh, roll or drive through RPG. Some of them they didn't republish. Um, the, the highlights of of Atlas's. Uh, product line I think were um, Northwest Passage was really good Cabin Fever was fantastic like Cabin Fever is one of those perfect starting games um, like I said I don't run a lot of pre-made adventures but the scenario laid out for Cabin Fever is it's the tits yeah the first and uh, scenario I bought from there was uh, Green Wars, which was basically a adventure to do a hostile takeover of a corporation, which I kind of liked. Uh, I ran it twice, 
of course, the, the party eventually dissolved before we could actually finish the game. I'll tell you what I remember about Green War. Its cover um, and some of the interior art was done by a guy named C. Brent Ferguson, who did a he did a comic book at the time, and it, it freaked. It, it was really weird because I recognized his art immediately, and nobody else has ever heard of him. <laughs> um, oh, what was the name of the comic he did? It was it was a very cyberpunk comic. Um, that's going to eat at me. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll figure it out and then I'll interject out of nowhere with it. Yeah, so Green War was, to give some people background, basically it was a, a scenario in which a corporate is trying to take over a corporation um, through stock manipulation and, and buying of stock. So the party is kind of given... I wouldn't say car blanc on what they can do, but they're given a hefty uh, bankroll to get it done, right? So they have the ability to use that money to buy stocks uh, f for that corporation and also pay for various assets that might need, need to be done, such as running black ops or doing some other nefarious things to kind of take over that corporation. Uh, it, it kind of spelled out how to do a corporate takeover, but from a street level. Yeah. Which, you know, a megacorp you definitely wouldn't be able to do. <clears throat> which I thought I liked because, as I mentioned in a previous episode, there was a, a uh, HBO movie they kind of played into that whole type of corporate battles, which was, um, it was one that was Barbarians at the Gate, and then the second one was uh, Weapons of Mass Destruction. Distraction. Um, I don't think you're going to be, anyone's ever going to see those, but I always liked that corporate politics and espionage of cyberpunk and tried to always put that into my games. Um, it's weird that it's such an important aspect of cyberpunk, but it's so underrepresented. Mm. They're always like corporates are always treated as like second level or even tertiary characters. Um, it's very, very rare that you get like a firsthand glimpse at what a corporate is and what they do. Uh, the best example, of course, is that show Incorporated that only got one season. Yeah. It was so good. It was good. Um, but, like, it's so... You get glimpses of it in other stuff, but, but it's so very rare that corporates get the respect and love that they deserve as far as representation in the genre. Yeah, and I also think it's hard for a referee to play into that at times, right? Because... I mean, really... Good. Yeah, it's one of those roles that the corporate that the that the the game. If you're going to play that role in the game, then it really a lot of the game has to revolve around that. Um, and there's no problem. That's not a problem. There are lots of character concepts that it, the game only works even if everybody else is playing other stuff and they're getting equal representation in the game. 
the game still kind of has to revolve around that. It's like if you look at a show like Firefly or, uh, yeah, if you look at a show like Firefly, the game really really is based around them being nomads, for lack of a better term. They're always on the run. They're always on the move, taking weird jobs, smuggling and shit like that. There are a ton of archetypes on the who make up the cast, but the show itself revolves around you know them being nomads to some extent or another, um, and it's like that with corporates. Like if one of the characters is going to play a corporate, it almost not always, but almost always necessitates a strong corporate influence on the game itself. Yep, and play, or they're just. Good. And to play a corporate right, at least from a referee point of view, is so the corporate world is very E or B and and I don't think a lot of referees always take that into account that there is someone always gunning for that position, right? If you're not doing your job right or you're slacking, you are gonna get replaced. And criminal drift. Sorry, yeah. I told you it was going to come in out of nowhere. <laughs> the, that was the comic. That was the comic. Terminal right. drift. Um, there was a book I actually read, which was Market Forces, which really got into taking what the corporate world is now and taking it one step further. And you need to kill people to get promotions. And I can definitely see that in a cyberpunk red, cyberpunk 2020 world in which there are people always gunning for you uh, as a corporate, especially if you're employed, because they will always want to (laughs) take you down and take your position and work outside. That That sounds good. I need to read that. Uh, Market Forces, I believe it's called. I think that's All the right. name. adding that to the list of stuff to check out. Um, but yeah, so so again, I think the corporate books I'll kind of give you flesh out a corporation in that way, um, which was always nice. And again, Green Wars, uh, Green Wars is not available on Drive Through RPG, as far as I know. So. Is it not? No, oh, that's a... it is a well, rare book. Uh, it's on eBay. I saw it earlier t- today when I was looking for stuff on eBay. Was it like forty or fifty bucks? Oh, I don't remember. It's not. I didn't pay attention to the price. I was just like, "What's available for Cyberpunk 2020? What's what's available for Cyberpunk Red?" Blah. blah. I just every now and then do these searches just so I can see if there's something groovy that I missed or whatever. Yep. Um, here's a copy of the 2020 box set that was going for like two hundred dollars. I thought that was a pretty good deal. I don't have the money for that, but it's a pretty good deal if you don't have it. And I think I saw somebody selling a whole set of Interface magazine. Yeah, I'm just missing two of them. I I didn't pay attention to the price. Um, God damn it. Stop. (laughs) Let's do that off off air because I will definitely uh, be looking at all that but anyways (laughs) you don't want nobody beating you to that punch yeah I get you so Uh, for for Atlas I think uh, you know they they definitely have great scenarios even picking up one Um, Atlas uh, 
like they also had Night City Stories, which yep, that's a winner. That's a winner of even if you don't use pre-made scenarios, just the idea, the plot concepts yeah. are enough to crib from. The one thing um, I, I liked about Night City Stories was the handouts that they gave you around those NPCs, right? Yeah. So not only did you get the profile of the, the NPCs, but they gave you like the retina scan of them, their thumbprint. Um, they were really good about it, like goodies too. Like yeah. at the back of the book, like here, scan off this uh, Mega Xerox's business card and hand it to your players and, and stuff like that. I love when games do that. I love goodies. Uh, Having something in your hand always gives you like it just it, it brings you into the game it's uh home of the brave had like a box full of just business cards and like fake credit cards and like travel plane or uh, blimp tickets and stuff like that that just you could hold it in your hand and be all like oh yeah i get you put this in my character sheet souvenir for later yep as for Iannis uh, products, they're definitely geared towards their... So their scenarios are geared towards their universe. Uh, the one thing I really liked from them was Dark Metropolis. I forget if it's Dark Metropolis, Dark Metropolis or, really or Grimm's Cyber Tale. Both of them are actually uh, good Metropolis. It is 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 really good stuff. It was really, it, it was really light on the supernatural aspect, while at the same time being heavy on like the psychological horror, like their drug addiction tables and their insanity tables. They were they were next level. A lot of people prefer them to your basic cyber psychosis rules. Yep. I liked I liked their their effects on weather and on your sanity and on your physical health, like heat waves just fuck you up. Cause really they do. Yep. And, and their expansion of, of the drug rules. I liked it kind yeah. of made them a little more realistic compared to 2020. Um, but yeah, so so if you like Crunch, you definitely want to pick up those books um, because the the expansion that they did with uh, the because they broke up cyberpsychosis into I think four or five different categories, whether it's dissociation, paranoia, uh, delusions, and, and I forget what what the other category Psychosis. is. Yeah. And they kind of like took and, um, took cyberware and the other one was depression, but yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, and then they took the cyberware and depending upon the type of cyberware would affect you in whatever category. Um, and then kind of listed out, okay, you know, you're at this level, this is how you behave. You're at this level, this is you know, as you go deeper and darker. It kind of goes yeah, deeper and darker. You hit, a, you hit a point, and then suddenly you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was a gradual process, and I, I, I really dug that. Granted, it's a little more crunch to the game, but if you like to take it 
one step further with some realism. It's definitely a, a book to get if you can. I believe both of those can be gotten from uh, Drive Through RPG from DreamPod Nine. They are no longer Ionis. no longer Ionis. I don't know if it's Ionis or Ionis. I prefer to say Ionis just because then I'm not saying anus, but that's me. But I'm 12 and I don't want to giggle every time I say something. <laughs> yeah, so um, is there any other books you want to talk about besides uh, like the interface? If you like Paranoia, there is an official Cyberpunk 2020 Paranoia crossover adventure called Alice Through the Mirror Shades. It's, if you can get it, it's grand fun. Um, paranoia is just one of those weird, quirky things that it, it works in ways that it shouldn't work. Like, I am not a goofy person. Uh, I'm not a fan of silly, necessarily. But if somebody tells me they want me to play in their Paranoia game, I will. I am there with bells on. And uh, to see my my favorite system like have an official crossover with it, yeah. If you like Paranoia and you like Cyberpunk 2020, give it a check out. If it might be hard to find, I don't think it's available on Drive-Through RPG, but it is available on uh, eBay. It shows up there quite frequently, and uh, it usually doesn't go for very much because it's yeah, just because of the nature of it. All right. Any other comments around uh, various books? Well, um, or do you think we're going to call it a night? Yeah, without getting into another big long rant and another uh, another long description of a book, I think I think I can just leave it there. I can talk about other books for hours. Um, I will ask. Uh, you said that you would have made Black Hands one of your one of your go-to books. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm curious about that. Well, just because it opened up all the weapons and gave me my vault pistol as well as uh, weapons from other sources, right? So it included stuff from Solo Fortune, all the Chromes. Um, you can put all the weapons in one easy to reach place. It just uh, it makes it makes that supplement gun. <laughs> a, a go to, you know, a, a necessary yeah, must have. It's, it's it's very useful to have. It just uh, it struck me weird that that was one of your that would have been one of your three. <laughs> Again, no, I get it. A little bit yeah, of a back rear porn. Easy access. Yeah. So my. I guess, my original three were um, the Night City source book, Black Hands, and Wildside. You told me in the email that Night City was off limits. I did? You did. When did I say that? You said, besides Night City, what are your three favorite source books? I must have been drunk at the time. I think so. But that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it's it's... And they're too easy, um, and I think it's because I'm I, I I I've been 
the internet has made black hands really not 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 necessary anymore true uh i mean you could say that about all the books really but like the gear like black hands being just a repository of the weapon's stats and really not even pairing the images of the stats to the weapon uh i thought that was a major failing on on black hands guide um I would have liked to have seen each of the weapons given an illustration um, instead of just page after page of name and stats. And then at the center of the book, there's like four pages of pictures that don't even cover like half the weapons. Right. No, that was my complaint. It's a minor complaint. It doesn't matter. It just does my thing. Got it. All right, I think we're I am, uh, about ready to put a bow on this. Um, another episode down. All right, uh, people, as always, suggestions for anything you want to talk to us about, you're welcome to uh, throw them out um, here on Discord. Uh, Yeah, uh, Will has set up a channel. Um, I'll let you tell him about that. Um, I'm still working on that, <laughs> figuring out what's going okay. on up there. But basically, you can definitely find me lurking about in various Discord servers, whether it's uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored or Altarsorian or the various other community sites um, that are out there. I'm also on the Reddit uh for cyberpunk 2020 as well as cyberpunk red do a couple postings there um no longer on facebook i'm afraid so don't bother trying to reach me there uh, i'm on facebook you can find me on the cyberpunk 2020 facebook group you can find me on the data fortress 2020 group and the cyberpunk uncensored uh facebook group um you can also just message me directly derek bernier uh Fat guy, long hair, easy to find. Yep. Um, and go check out his site on uh, datafortress2020.com. But don't forget to check out uh, Will's site at cybersmiley.net. I got that right, didn't I? Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, good episode. Um yeah. We look forward to hearing from you guys, and we look forward to uh, letting you listen to our conversation again in two weeks. Yep, and if you ever come back, uh, you know, post questions. We are more than willing to address any questions that are in chat here. Uh, if you're watching this uh, while viewing it on YouTube, um, by all means, post comments. Uh, I try to go back and take a look at any comments that might be uh, posted for our videos and try to answer them. Also, like and subscribe to Cyberpunk Uncensored <laughs> while on uh, YouTube to help him out. Um, and also helps us out to determine, you know, that, that you guys uh, really like what we we're doing here. Like fans. So, all right, man. Uh, well, I guess we'll call that a, a, an episode. That sounds good. I will uh, see you soon, and I'll see the rest of you guys in two weeks. Take care, everyone. Bye.